The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. time baby oh yeah hello and welcome back to the rpg after years your weekly show covering all things rpgs from the past present and future i'm bill and i am scott Yes, hello everybody, and I didn't get caught out by my drop this time. Yes, and welcome back. This is episode 079, and today we are continuing our review of the PS2 released tactical role-playing game. Yay, it's more Disgaea. Yes, hello, and welcome back. And guys, girls, don't worry. Since it's a review, we won't be doing any catch-up <laughs> or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to be covering the uh, gameplay and our final ratings of the game. Uh, we we're going to be, uh, as last week, we discussed the history and the story. But before that, just so we don't fall too far behind, here are some quick show updates. All right. So as far as the RPG Club goes, for those maybe new listeners, that is basically like a book club segment we do every other week on this show where we, along with the rest of the community, play along the same portions of the game at the, around the same time. Um, that's still going on, sort of. We finished Secret of Mana. 
Uh, had you finished it last time we uh, pl- did this, Bill? Last time you were on? Uh, I don't think I'd finished it. I only I finished it like two days before the deadline because I was going on holiday. <laughs> so, um, yes, I, I, I say, yeah, I went away camping for the weekend, so I knew I wasn't going to get a chance to play it. So I had to make sure I had it finished by that date. So I stayed up late, smashed it out. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really liked it. You already started like <laughs> another modern game, didn't you? Uh, well, I had started Final Fantasy Adventure, which is the first Mana game, uh, which was the Game Boy one that came out many years ago. Right. Uh, same director, same composer, all that sort of stuff, you know, mostly the same team. Um, and I'd already started and got away through that because of Rich, actually. This is Rich's fault. Oh. He started playing it one day and just said, we're like, this is, I think this might have been like before, just, just as you guys were sort of becoming RPG after years. Mm. Um, and so he said, let's just do this as the game. It's really fun. And so me, Rich, got about, me and Rich got about halfway through it, and then he quit. <laughs> that sounds pretty familiar. Same old story. Yeah. Uh, and Deesa finished it, you know, because she was playing with us at the time. Nice. <laughs> and so it just kind of got left by the wayside. So I was like, okay, I'm familiar with this game. I really enjoyed Secret of Mana. I kind of want to review this at the same time so that we don't, like, have to go backwards and then forwards. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've just started playing it again. And lower, uh Lo and behold, also Frost is playing it, so it's been nice to have someone to talk to about it on the Discord. I know uh, Rich just started Xenoblade Chronicles uh, recently, and I'm like, okay, you know how long that game is, right? So- <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it's just like, uh, I, I, I want to take bets on how, how many hours in he gets to be quit. <laughs> I hope he sticks to it. Um, yeah, so do I. I really want to play number two of that as well, Xenoblade Chronicles. It's hard I'm, to find I'm now. Just like, I guess you can get it digitally, but... Um, <sighs> So yeah. you liked Secret of Mana though a lot, right? I did. I liked it a lot. You know, I'm with you guys. I can see its flaws. The menu system looks like it was literally dragged out of Satan's mouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but other than that, it has so much charm to it. And I'd really like to play the third one, Sends X and Dink and whatever it's free, um, because that's supposed to be the best of the Mana games. Trials of Mana, right? Trial, yeah, yeah, it's called Trial, yeah. Trials of Manor is what the remake's called. And on the collection version, we've got like an actual official square translation of the SNES version. Right. Because there's actually a proper remake, like 3D thing of Trials yeah. of Manor 2, which I've heard amazing things about as well. So I, didn't I really kind of want to play one. But I'm not jonesing at all to play another one anytime soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. yeah. Now, just my OCD's kicking in with uh, the first game because I was like, I can't have played the second one without doing the first one. Right. So I imagine <laughs> you're, uh, you're, are you going to like submit your review scores and all that for us to have on the show? Uh, when oh yeah, it's a, it's a Golden Years game. You can't have my, you cannot have my review. You cannot review it without my scores. <laughs> that's how it works. That's how it works. If you, if anything comes into the club that's on the list, you're getting, you're getting some scores from me, my friend. Alrighty. <laughs> um. So anyway, the we don't have an RPG Club game right now. Um, Rich and I are going to start the review next week, um, I think, or might, maybe two weeks. But um, nominations are actually beginning this Sunday. So if you are a patron, you can actually participate in what game we end up nominating and voting for on the next RPG Club. And that is going to begin Sunday, which is two days from this recording. Uh, so that would make it September 12th. So keep an eye out for that. And if you want to help participate, it's kind of your last chance to join in on the patron. Even if you didn't yep. get the nominations, though, you can still join in for the voting if you uh, join the patron. So, Yeah, and even if you're not a patron, you can still join in with playing whatever game gets picked. But yep, you need to be a $5 patron to get your nominations in and to get your votes in. Right. So you know, you've probably got a couple of days if you're listening to this on the Thursday it comes out. 
right. <laughs> to get in there and get your vote in. So yeah, come join us. But our Patreon community is fantastic as well. So you know, I would definitely, I definitely advise going. There. I mean, I'm a patron. You know, I, I'm drinking the I'm drinking the Kool Aid there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and then the next thing RPG releases, we'll blow through these really quick. The first one up that's coming out on September 10th is a big one that a lot of people are excited about. Tales of Arise, that's coming to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, are you, you excited about Arise? Uh, um, <laughs> I would be. It's a PS4 game, so I'm not going to get a chance to play it. Womp womp. Maybe <laughs> this will be the... I haven't played a Tales game, so maybe this will be where I finally join in. It looks cool to me. So You should. It looks awesome. It's been really, really well reviewed. So yeah. I'm, I'm gutted that I can't play it on the Switch. <laughs> it even it even looks like something Corey might enjoy, so it may not be that much of a stressor for me to play it. Um, but yeah, so after that, on September fifteenth, we got Story of Seasons: Pioneers of Olive Town coming to PC. I guess that's probably another like Harvest Mooney Stardew Valley game. And then on the day of this episode's release, September sixteenth, Game Deck coming to PC and Eastward coming to Switch and PC. I've never heard of any of those, either of those. <laughs> so then on this upcoming week on september 17th we got a few games nexomon is coming to ps5 ps4 xbox series xbox one and switch that i think rich was kind of interested in that i think it's like a pokemon knockoff uh tales of iron it, that's tales like a tail out of your butt not a tales of game so <laughs> uh, that's coming to ps5 ps4 xbox series xbox one switch and pc Oh, I didn't know this was coming this soon. Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom Princess Edition is coming to Switch on the 17th as well. Oh, yeah, because I think uh, Wrath, of the White, uh, Wrath of the White Witch is out on the Switch, but I didn't, didn't know number two was out, so that's good. Yeah. I, don't, I think number two is generally not as good <laughs> right. or considered not as good. And then on September 23rd, uh, we have Diablo 2 Resurrected coming out, uh, but I don't care because that's a Blizzard game, so fuck them. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Blizzard. Yeah. Fuck you, Diablo. But that's it for the releases. <laughs> so I guess there's nothing stopping us from uh, jumping back into the review now. Back to Disgaea. Back to Lahal. All right, this is going to be a chunky monkey. So let's talk about the gameplay. May the Overlord save our pretty souls.
Hey folks, my name's Brett and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends Jess... What is happening? Oh my god! And Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.buzzsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app. Or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. All right, we are back. Let's jump into the gameplay. Oh my god! I've, I, yeah, this there's there's a, there's a lot going on in the sky. We'll just put it that way. It That's feels it. like a so, small game, but there is so much going on with the gameplay. Yeah, so let's rate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just give all the, the details. Yeah. No, we won't do that to you guys. So, uh, Disgaea Hour of Darkness uh, is a traditional uh, turn-based tactical RPG. So, the gameplay of uh, the whole series is actually very uh, complex, where you've got the turn-based battles, and you complete different stages with isometric grids uh, by defeating every enemy that there is available to you. It's a bit pretty uh, basic like strategy RPG <clears throat> to begin with. It's just they throw in so many other mechanics into it that complicates things. Yeah, exactly. So this is like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics on crack. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can quote me on that. Um, <laughs> the player is able to deploy up to 10 characters of humanoid and monster kind uh, onto the map at, uh, at a time, uh, allowing all 10, and then you can also allow all 10 characters to execute their actions in one go. So you have to kind of go through, select each individual character that you've taken out of your grid. So you've got like a home plate, basically. You take your character out of your home plate, you set him up, make him walk wherever you want him to walk, and then tell him what you want to do, like attack this monster A or use spell on monster B. And then, yeah, you go, you can go, you can either go through and let them do those attacks one at a time, or you can just set them all, do execute, and then just watch what happens on the screen, which is kind of the more fun way of doing it. Um, but if you do do that, you can sometimes kill an enemy that you were going to hit with another character. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so you kind of end up in that almost FF1 type thing where you kind of have to really think through your actions and how it's going to affect the field to make sure that all your attacks and everything you're doing is kind of worth taking the action for. Because I did that a lot where I was just like lined up a bunch of prinnies, got them all to hit the same thing and it died on the second one. So then the third prinnies doing nothing. And it's just like, oh, I wasted that guy. Yeah. Um, uh, did you often like try to make your whole party go at once or did would you do like a few at a time or um i think it depends what i was doing like i said if i was trying to um because um a good way of uh, when a character kills an enemy the character that lands the killing blow gets the exp all of it unless they do like a um it's kind of like a multi multi-attack so if you've got a character standing to your left or to your right behind you they do what's kind of it's, i think it's called like a stacked attack so you'll see their faces all flash up on the screen and they all attack at once but there's like a percentage chance of if the person will even attack with you or they might not right. so that was kind of my way of grinding up other characters so i would always make sure that etna was standing next to lahal because lahal's definitely going to land a killing blow <laughs> and it gets an exp share yeah sometimes it felt like that was the only way to level up your weaker units yeah, otherwise you'd have to pretty much start the game from the beginning mm -hmm. <laughs> with a weak character yep. and slowly level them up like you have done with the whole if you're playing it for the first time. Um, so yeah, I, I do it, I'll do it in sections. Like I would be, these are my attacks on this enemy, go. 
Okay, what have I got left to do? Okay, you can do this, you can do this. Because often as well, your character would already be standing in front of the enemy that you're trying to take out because you'd already put them there. So when the enemy's killed, I then have the option afterwards to then move Lahal up to the next enemy. Another game, so, once a character has moved and acted, it marks them on the map. But did you find mm -hmm. yourself um, before ending a turn, like going through and checking all your characters, making sure that you actually did something with them? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> again it's kind of one of the one of the problems is that there wasn't a nice easy way of seeing that it was very manual and then yeah if you did have a lot of characters on the field you were stuffed so i ended up getting to the point where i probably wouldn't use more than six characters for any one battle most of the time it was just two it was just lahal and etna <laughs> yeah is, but uh should we yeah. talk about that now like how unbalanced the game is or uh, i think we get that towards the end okay because gotcha. <laughs> the game is extremely unbalanced but kind of i don't know i think to us it seemed unfair but i think if you spoke to people like uh, colin or uh, generic fighter they'd probably say no it's really unbalanced the opposite way because you can overpower yourself yeah. quite easily to it really destroy like everything meant to have a, one or two really op characters for the first half or maybe even two-thirds of the game i tried to play it tradi traditionally like having a whole team of people you know um but that turned out to be just unfeasible towards the end as it, the game really ramped up in difficulty mm. yeah definitely but i think that's also what a lot of people do i mean when because this kind of coincided with the release of um disgaea one complete for us um it was interesting looking at the people on youtube creating content for disgaea one complete because they're all people who played disgaea before and so they basically ignored all the main characters like the hull and was just like i'm going to create a level one monk and now watch me get him to the highest possible level in the shortest amount of time and it's just like what? yeah i had to watch um some of the videos like six times before i even started to understand them what they were, what the hell they were talking about <laughs> they're, like, they're yeah exactly mechanics so it's kind of it's one of those games where if you dive into it it's, it's there to be broken basically but if you're like me and Scott, where you'd kind of, <laughs> we've got a lot of games to play, man. <laughs> Just trying to blow through it. Yeah, I can't. I haven't got time to break this game. This game's going to break video, These videos were like, oh, 57,000 damage. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I'm doing yeah. 57. So. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I've been on this, and I've been playing this game for seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, so yeah it's just, the game is fairly balanced in a weird way but yeah so i can see the what they were character going for. limit um there is like a base tile on the field and that's mm. where all your characters are deployed from and then it's kind of interesting because you you can send characters back in, into the base and then deploy a different character if you want mm -hmm. um and then another mechanic i think is that you can throw enemy units into the base and if the characters that are still in your backlog or whatever are strong enough, they will actually defeat it while in the base, and then you can recruit that monster. Yeah, because I saw that tactic. Because the monsters, because you can recruit, because yeah, because some like the monsters and stuff that you can create, and also, you know, you don't just fight monsters in this; you fight other enemies of other classes and stuff. Right. So instead of going to the like the hub world that you have, and going to the woman and say, "I want to create." A level one monk you found a level five monk you throw him in your base the idea is your party who are in the base beat him up and then he becomes one of your team 
And the monster capturing monsters is more efficient because they already have stat boosts attached right. to them. So it's better to go and capture a couple. So early on in the game, it's better to go capture a couple of monsters that will then get to a higher level quicker. Right. So there was kind of that like, mechanic. Uh, later in the game, when you start running into like those beastly monsters, uh, it's like, man, I kind of want to see if I can recruit that. But I kind of had a feeling it would just trounce the, my base unit. So I never really... It did. I, that's what I did. I, I, I initially tried that tactic early on. And every time it wiped out my base unit. And if it does that, your base unit's gone. You can't bring more characters out. So whoever you've already brought out onto the field is all you've got left to complete yeah. that level with. And it's just like, ah. And then I remember, um, yeah, I think there was some weird dragon monster. And I was like, I'm going to try and capture this. My party's pretty strong behind me. Yeah. <laughs> I, put, like, I put Etna back in the base, <laughs> put the hull back in the base, threw the monster in it. My base got destroyed. And I was left with like Gordon just standing on the field. Just, like, Oof. Well, that was a scratching, lot, a scratching his nuts. Like, yeah, it was just like, <laughs> I was like, how? I put the hull back there. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, He's, he would have one shot him. Right. He would have one shot him on the field. How's he lost? And yeah, it was just. Uh, yeah that is again a tactic you can use but you have to have had that you know you'd have to have already leveled up quite a few characters behind you to yep. start trying to even do that type of thing so another major mechanic um, is the lifting and throwing um and th this can really be the key to whether you succeed or fail in battles so if you have two units next to each other uh human units human units can actually lift other units and then throw them a set amount of spaces depending on the unit um like i think laharl can throw five spaces and i think maybe there's an uh, the max is six or something like that but uh, yeah i think i think so um but yeah it's uh, yeah so you know like i say each character turns around and you've got your special abilities like lift throw attack um and the throwing one's quite interesting because like you say you can throw your own characters so I used to use uh, I used throw a few times to get characters into inaccessible areas. Right. So sometimes it'll be a really high platform that you can't walk up to, but you can throw someone up there. <laughs> um, I think you can stack throws as well, but I never tried it. I'm sure I read oh, that somewhere. Uh, when you say stack throws, you mean you never had a three stack? No. Oh, I did that uh, quite often. Well, so you pick up a character and then get another character to pick up the two characters. Yep. Ah, no, I didn't try that. So there's a few stages where like it really depends on how quickly you can get from point a to point b on the map and i, I thought there was a couple that would be very difficult if you didn't do the three stacks so you must have had a hard time there <laughs> probably <laughs> i just didn't think about it for some reason I yeah i remember that. there was one where i just found it almost impossible to get up there i can't eat i can't it was so long ago now i can't remember what it was but i remember just being like spending 10 minutes going around the bottom of this platform being like I seem to be remembering a particular map. I think it was like a volcano-ish looking map where they had the the you know the crystals that create the blockades and the oh, whole side yeah. of your map like dam damages you slowly. So it, you really have to get to that one of those crystals to destroy it. And so I used three. I know I used a three stack there. Um, and then on the I know on the item world, which we'll cover in a little bit, there's some depending on how it's you know randomly generated there's sometimes the exit tile is on a ledge that you just can't get to without throwing um so yeah yeah i know but then when you throw your person up there they get left behind yeah, exactly yeah, it's so annoying yeah um so yeah the lifting and throwing is a really interesting mechanic and bill started to allude to this but you can also lift and throw enemies if you want to like just kind of get them the fuck out of there <laughs> <laughs> um 
but we, we've got a section on that later on. Yeah. I've got I've got lots to talk about with throwing, so mm-hmm. that's, that's one of my favorite topics. It's one of the things I really liked about this guy. But yeah, it is. It does kind of differentiate it from other SRPGs. Uh, there's also items that you can use, standard you know healing stuff and all that, uh, which. I don't know about, I think maybe we mentioned this last week, but I don't think I started using items until maybe like three, four, four fifths through the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was in, something I can do. <laughs> I was in Celestia because yeah. <laughs> it was, it was that one that we talked about with the maze where you have to go on that one tile path to get out into the main area and everything's just attacking you while you're inside this maze. And it's just like, yeah, that was the point where I remembered I could use items. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Uh, I used a ton of items fighting uh, the the Seraph at the very end. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> he was he was by. Uh, we'll get to it later, but he was by far the only memorable boss of this game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, oh, I have an advice, but right. Um, you mean mid boss? He's got my respect. Yeah, he's got my respect now, so I call him Vyas. <laughs> I don't call him mid boss anymore. <laughs> um, let's see. Actions will not be performed until executing them from the menu, like we mentioned before. So you kind of determine the you kind of control the flow of battle in that way. And you can get, basically if all 10 of your characters die, then you get a game over. So they're on the field. So even mm-hmm. if you lose all your units on the field, if you haven't deployed 10 yet, you can still bring more characters out. But once 10 are dead, that's it. Yep. Uh, each character uh, may move, you know, uh, which occurs instantly as well, um, and perform an attack. Uh, so you've got your attack, specials, lift, throw, item, and you can do one per turn. Um, once an action has been selected, the player can then assign actions to other characters, select execute to get all the characters uh, to trigger their actions at once. Or if you select end turn, oh, sorry, you, you select execute to do the ones that you've already set, or you can do it all and do end turn, and it will just go through all of it and then skip to the enemies go. Um <clears throat> This next thing is going to be interesting for me to to go through. It's the the bonus gauge. So yeah, I didn't I didn't really understand this that well. Me either. <laughs> I was playing the game. Uh, I don't. I think most, uh, almost every battle, I only got like the default reward from the bonus gauge, and then there might have been a few times where I got maybe three, the the first three bonuses. But other than that, yeah, so same here. Like, I was just every time just baffled with what is this adding up? Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like a. Um, like a, a reward system for how well you did the battle, kind of. Um, so consecutive attacks and combos will charge it, apparently, and then you get more uh, money, which is called hell in this game. Hell. Uh, <laughs> and more items as well. And sometimes the, the stuff that you get from this bonus, these bonus rewards is like kind of OP equipment. So if you can figure out how to charge it, then it's definitely worthwhile. But as I think repeating... Saying, I think repeating levels helps as well. Yeah, because you got you've got a count you've got a counter, haven't you? On how many times you've completed a certain level. I don't know. I never looked into it. I was just like, this seems kind of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we never got the good stuff. Yeah, I've just come on this and I've just one shot the entire field (laughs) with Lahal on that one map, and it's like, yes, I finally did it. You know, this is what the grinding people told me about was the mecha. You know, this one map where all the enemies stand, and I can use that wing attack thing with Lahal. And kill them all in one hit. And the first time I did it, I was like, "Yes!" And I still only got one on the bonus. I was like, "What? <laughs> yeah, how can I do any better than that?" Didn't Disa say something about uh, like she would often do better on the bonus gauge stuff? Oh, I can't remember. I seen her reverse. I got like five or eight 
regularly or something like that. But yeah, I think like, so. She now. did she she did she did good stuff in the item world though, so maybe she had bonuses attached to her items. That could be. Um so basically like Bill said, you complete the stage multiple times, you get better bonuses. Uh then there's there's this is also another like major unique mechanic that took me a minute to wrap my head around. I sort of started to talk about this earlier. There's like these crystals on the map called geo symbols. And they have a variety of different effects that they can have on the battle. I already mentioned there's some that create a blockade that prevents your characters from passing. So unless you destroy the crystal, you can't get past that blockade. Uh, there's some that create like a combo chain where everybody that's stand, standing on a tile controlled by that crystal takes damage if you destroy it. Um, you can also, so there's also like colored spaces on the map and those are attached to the, the geo symbols. So mm. you can also cancel the effects of the geo symbols by picking them up and throwing them onto a different colored tile. Mm. Um, and it really adds an extra layer of uh, strategy to the battles, I guess you could say. They're just, I think it's a learning curve to try to understand like how they actually work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There, there were so many of them as well. There was like ones that give you EXP boosts if you're standing on it when you kill there are ones that made the enemy attack harder. So even if you stood on that square, like, you know, there was attack power plus, it was like times 10 on some of them. Like there was these weakling enemies. It was suddenly one shot you. It was just like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> keep away from that guy until he moves off that square. Um, but yeah, yeah then like you say. Where everybody is invincible until you destroy the geo symbol at the end of the map, um, which was a good yeah, stage, it, but Yeah, and again, that was where kind of throwing came became useful. <laughs> Right, <laughs> because I'd throw all of them into one enemy. Yeah, that was a weird thing as well. But we'll get to that. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, it's really important to pay attention to the the symbols. And a lot of times, the certain maps felt like almost like tests to make sure that you understood how they worked. Kind of, <laughs> um, especially once you get about halfway through the game, there felt like there were some maps were just like, here's an interesting way we can have geo symbols set up. But <laughs> but yeah, that's another layer to it. Did you like them? Did you did you like that mechanic, or did it annoy you? Or I did. I did like it. It was kind of like you say, because there's only so much you can do with an isometric environment, you know, with high ground, low ground, all that sort of stuff. And there's so many other tactical RPGs that use the isometric environments that um, it's probably all been done before. So it's just like a nice way of mixing it up. Just being like, hey, yeah, you know, we can just we invent these geo symbols with the colors and the actual little pyramids. And then we got infinite possibilities of what we can do. Like stand on this thing and your defense goes up. Right. <laughs> stand on this one, your defense goes down, you know, stand on this one, your attack power goes down or up or whatever, you know, it's just, it, 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 it does add that whole extra layer of strategy. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought it was a very good touch. Yeah. And this is an aside, but uh, I think maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I, uh, I really love games that are from an isometric viewpoint. So <laughs> I just, I don't know why. Maybe it's nostalgia because, you know, Super Mario RPG was my first RPG in that game is isometric. So, and you know, I never played that. You should, it's on the list. Maybe, maybe one of us should haste it. <laughs> do we still do haste? <laughs> RPG club. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I think we do do haste. Anyway, we'll sort it out. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, it does, uh, the sky does a few other things as well. Like it actually adds in, uh, uh, like we spoke about with you know having height advantage you know depending on where you attack your characters from above below left right wherever mm-hmm. can actually affect how much damage you do as well 
So there are so many little nuances in this game that they added. So, you know, attack an enemy from behind, obviously you do more damage. Attack from above, do more damage. Attack from below, do less. They really, they really, really went balls out on that. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there are also team attacks, which were, I spoke about earlier as well, um, which are present in all Disgaea titles. So when you perform a regular attack, if a character is standing beside you uh, or behind you, the attacker is, uh, behind the person attacking, there is a chance that one to three characters may assist the attacker, which will strengthen the attack. And this is what I often, this is what I used a lot during, during the game to take out enemies. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the characters also then standing behind the attacker may still perform other actions after the team attack. Um, so I could get multiple team attacks out of one set of instructions. So yeah, if I if I lined up three characters in front of an enemy, they could all attack it with a single attack and then put three characters behind them. I had multiple chances of getting loads of attacks in. Uh, but then as soon as the enemy dies, you've just wasted like five yeah, turns. Yeah, you can have it for four people <laughs> attack even, I think, if you have, you know, uh, somebody to, to the sides and behind them. Um, the only thing... Yeah, that, so including the person attacking, yeah. Right. So this might not even be true, but sometimes I, th I thought that say I had Laharl attacking and it turned into a team attack and, you know, Laharl so OP. I felt like it did less damage because it added in like the stats of the other, other attacking character or something. Did you, um, I didn't that see that. No, because Laharl, cause they, they'd all attack together, but then you'd get multiple layers of HP, like things come up. So you'd get Laharl's attack, Etna attack, but I always felt like it was boosted. Okay. Like if I hit with if I hit an enemy of Etna, she'd probably do a hundred damage. But if I hit her assisting Lahal, she would do like five hundred damage. Okay, and they had just I I head, felt though. maybe I just I thought there was damage. a boost there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, you, know, you never know. It might have just been I was using a weapon that boosts teams' attacks, and you were probably you might have had a weapon that might have reduced it. That's true. There could have been anything like that. There's so many weird things, but we'll get to that when we get to the there item stuff. More than one mechanic that I didn't even pay attention to either until close to the end of the game or at all <laughs> so so many i felt like the item world is like one of the places where you can really abuse this game to make it easier for yourself and i just sure. didn't do it i did i did it the one time the game forces you to do it and i was like i'm not coming back here <laughs> yeah i spent a lot of time there so we'll i'll have some stuff to say when we get there why i i, I did that one get that one mission where it's like you have to go to the item world just so we can explain it to you and i was just like i have to do this for every item and like, i'm gonna i'm gonna get bigger and better and get better items and i've got to go back here and do this no all my items are staying at level one should we just talk about <laughs> that, the item world now <laughs> um uh yeah go on that's your subject <laughs> all right so the item world is like the side mode it's basically where so you got story battles right uh, and then outside of those story battles, you can go to the item world and it's a randomly generated set of 10 floors. And so when you come here, it, it, the geo crystals can be anywhere. The enemies can be anywhere. You don't know what enemies you're going to get, but basically your, the idea is you're, there's a little dimension inside every freaking item in the game. And so you go in there and you can either get to the 10th floor as fast as possible and win, or you can, um, uh, kill every enemy on each floor and i think you get a better bonus if you do that or something um of course early in the game unless you're op it's very difficult to do that 
Um, so at the end, your item levels up like 10 levels or something like that. And so it's a way to power up your equipment and it really does make quite a, a big difference. I probably spent too much time there and would probably would have been better serviced by just grinding. Um, cause eventually I did just resort to Bill's strategy of powering up Laharl and Aetna. But at one point I was trying to get everybody's equipment like powered up just cause I was having so much trouble getting through some of the battles, some of the story battles. And then there's also, this may be something we talk about a little more later. Each piece of equipment has these passive, uh, stat bonuses. And I can't remember the term for it, but there's stuff like this, but has a statistician bonus and this has a warrior bonus and stuff like that. And yeah, those so, are the only two I can remember, but there's loads of them. Yeah, there's a there's a whole ton. There's like instructor and like different things like that. Um, but you can move those bonuses that level up when you complete the item world and combine them. And so you can power up those bonuses. And the best one that everybody's always after is the statistician. Um, so because that increases the rate that you level up, which is so important because yeah, it increases it increases your exp gain. The grind is real in this game, so <laughs> yeah. So you want to attach loads of statisticians to your items, uh, and then you can go into normal battles and get lots of experience boosts. So therefore, leveling yourself up quicker. Yeah. Now, did you get in each item world that boosts that bonus, and you have to make sure you kill it before the other monsters in that stage do? How do they identify that enemy? Um. It zooms in on the enemy at the very beginning of the floor but as the battle starts and it says like check above their head and then they also in battle they have like a yellow health bar instead of the the red and so will it say if it's a statistician or like or a different thing so if the item that you're in um has more than one uh category you're going to find two enemies well let's say there's two categories there's going to be two enemies somewhere in that item world and oh so there's only one per level or two or three, depending on how many things. Right. And so you can also click on the enemy and check their stats and it tells you. So oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of the bit I didn't get. I was just like, I can't wrap my head around this. Yeah. <laughs> and this totally. is the tutorial. So I was just it. trying to get through it because I this is a very grindy game to if you want like it's hard to just power through. <laughs> and that's one <laughs> yes, reason definitely. that I'm not a big fan of it. But we'll get to that more a little later. But yeah, that's basically so, it for the item world. So how, you know, I've got lots of questions here. So did you, did you understand the re-roll feature? Where, where were you getting your items from? Were you uh, buying them from the shop? Um, I think the best ones that I tried to get were usually ones that I happened to get through drops or from the bonus gauge or whatever. Um, I think later in the game, I started relying on the shops more just because the more you shop, the better equipment you start getting, but Mm. But one of the things you can do with the shop is what's uh, they, they call it a re-roll. So when you go into the shop and you open up the menu and you go into the you know the weapon part of it, um, and it displays all these weapons and there's literally hundreds of them. And there's some of them, they've all got the same name, but they're all worth different prices depending yeah. on what's attached to them and stuff. So you want to look, so you're trying to look out for the ones that have got statistician attached to them. But you can do what's called a re-roll, which is you come out of that menu you don't have to come out of the shop. Like, you, like literally the shop is just talking to someone, a menu opens up, um, and then you have to go into the next part. But you just come out and go back in, and it reshuffles everything that's in there. So you can keep going in and out, in and out, in and out, until you get the perfect weapon or item that you're looking for with the perfect things on it. Mm -hmm. 
I spent a lot of and time doing that just because I wanted statistician equipment. So, yeah, exactly. So that's what they call the re-roll feature. So you, you basically you just keep going circle. No, not there. X circle. No, not there. X circle. No, not there. <laughs> it could be quite annoying, but I don't, I don't mm. know if I, it didn't really bother me that much, I guess. Mm. Well, in that case, let's, uh, let's talk about the dark assembly because that's how you get the shops upgraded as well. Okay. We're going all over, we're going all over the place for a document. <laughs> I almost didn't touch the dark assembly and oh, I, I, I ended up having to towards the end of the game because I wanted to transmog. So I'm glad I did end up getting to at least see how it works. Yes. So um, how did you, uh, yeah. So th anyway, with the dark assembly, let's just describe what it is first. It, it's, it's a person standing in the bottom right of your hub. <laughs> Sorry, bottom left of the hub. Uh, and the Dark Assembly allows players to create new characters. You can unlock secret classes, uh, open up secret levels, uh, and you can do many other things at the cost of mana. But we don't know what the secret is. <laughs> I know the secret. tree. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad had sex with a tree. And certain acts require the player to um, enter a courtroom-like setting where you can bribe the senators uh, to approve the bill that you're trying to pass. If the bill fails, the player may choose to fight the Dark Assembly and basically force them to pass the bill. And I did that a few times, and it was really good fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so after you, you do this Dark Assembly shit, it like basically ranks up your characters. It's almost like a test, kind of. Um, did you have more luck with just beating them down, or did you understand the, the voting system better, or what? Uh, again, I use the re-roll feature a lot because if you re-rolled yourself into the menu, <laughs> I love calling it re-roll, it's just coming out and going back in the menu. Um, sometimes you'd have a lot more mana than other times. And so really? therefore you'd be, yeah, yeah, so therefore, yeah, uh, re-rolls everywhere in this game. I didn't realize it until afterwards, but I, I did clock that when I was doing it. I was like, I came into the menu and I had something like 300 and I came out. I was like, oh no, hang on, I do want to go back in there. And then I had something like 600. Like, what? So I just, I just started, started going in and out, in and out, yeah, and then see, seeing it jump, just seeing, no, just it, no, just in and out, in and out, seeing it jump around. And it was wow. just like, okay. oh my god, well, that I could do anything here. <laughs> um, I mean, it, is, it does as you yeah, as you build up, you obviously get much higher because I think you had to get into like the three thousands to certain stuff. But you know, I did. I unlocked quite a few things. I unlocked the cave ordeals because one of the youtube videos i watched on grinding said hey there's a great map in cave of ordeals <laughs> I didn't yeah know. i didn't even touch cave, order, cave ordeals destroyed me um, <laughs> um and yeah so i did that uh i also i use the trans uh trans trans mob tra tra uh, the reincarnation feature <laughs> i think they call it trans transmogrification Trans i believe which is basically you reincar reincarnate your character so that works um if actually this is that's, that's your section on the map if you want oh okay so uh basically <laughs> if once your characters are ranked up high enough i think it's like level rank three or something like that you can reincarnate them they start over completely from level one but they will level up faster and their stats are boosted up so it's really even though i really didn't want to but i did transmog uh i know laharl and etna i'm not sure if i did anybody else um, but it, it is a neat, a neat feature, but at the same time, like it hurt my soul after all the grinding that we've done <laughs> to have to go back to level one, <laughs> it was worth it in the end, but God damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
yeah because you can do you could do repeated reincarnations as well um i think up to seven i want to say I, oh, okay. didn't, I didn't notice. I didn't note it in the doc. I think there is a limit on how many you can actually do. But um, yeah, it was just uh, it was just a bit of madness. And like you say, it was. I think I was at level thirty with Lahal and really struggling. And I'd read about this and was just like, I'm going to make a save. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to give this a go. And yeah, he went back to level one. I left Etna alone, so I then used her to help level him up, and he just shot through the levels. He was back up to level thirty within like it does twenty minutes, especially yeah, and how to game the system with your statistician yeah. and all that, <laughs> which I didn't. Sorry, I wasn't using statistician, <laughs> but yeah, I'd done that reincarnation. I got him back up to level thirty really, really quickly, and you know when you go back to level one, you keep a load of your bonus points that you can then reassign to certain stats. So you know everything goes down to level one, but then you've instead of having like what like ten points they give you when you first start the game to assign, you suddenly got thirty points. So you know I can put a lot more on the whole strength, and then I did it again. I got him up to I think level forty-five, and then I did. Um, I uh, in between then I did Etna. I reincarnated her, and then when he got to the forty-five, I reincarnated him again. And again, it didn't take him long to get back up to that that kind of primo level and then at that point i just didn't have any problems with the game yeah and uh, he was like the whole just one shot most things <laughs> for those who are listening that maybe aren't familiar with the sky if all this sounds really confusing that's because it is <laughs> it really is it takes a long time to wrap your head around this shit mm-hmm. <laughs> but you kind of it kind of had yeah you kind of have to because the core story is not uh easy if you don't no well, or maybe even impossible so <laughs> um I did think that the bill system was cool. It, like you can talk to all the um, the senators or whatever to and see like how they're feeling beforehand. My only kind of thing that annoyed me is I felt like sometimes even when they it seemed like I had the majority in favor, I, w- I would still end up having to fight them. So I was like, really? <laughs> hmm. But again, that the re-roll thing as well, you could see how many of them were liking you and not liking you. So you could re-roll that as well. That's true. What else <laughs> have like, we, haven't we talked about? Um, uh, well, well, just uh, just to finish off the reincarnation bit, um, you know, once you've you can accumulate all those bonuses to your base stats, you can eventually reach an accumulated kind of stored level of one hundred and eighty six thousand. Right, and that's if you were to keep re- if you were to keep reincarnating, because mm-hmm. yeah, you can go up to level nine nine hundred ninety nine in this game. Yeah, the cap does not stop at ninety nine. Here, you can mm-hmm. boost your levels and stats for each character to yeah. insane numbers. That kind of goes back to what I was saying, watching the vid- the YouTube videos of people doing 57,000 damage <laughs> with one yeah. attack. So. Yeah. so, yeah, so in theory, in the background, you could technically be level 186,000. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, and then that would accumulate 210 bonus points. So, yeah, and like I said, a lot of these people who I saw making content for this on YouTube were like, <laughs> yeah, sod the hole. Here's my level one monk. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of... Um, I didn't touch any of it, but there's there's plenty of post game and, and side content to fuck around with with uh, that I'm sure requires these crazy levels. So, so let's talk about the uh, class system in that case. Alrighty, there are a bunch of classes. Um, they're and they're divided into humans and monsters. The main difference being that humans can throw, lift and throw, and monsters can only equip certain types of weapons. Well, really, just one type of weapon. Whereas the human units can equip any weapon. And this is kind of an aside as far as the graphics go, but I did think it was cool how most of the weapons had their own unique sprite and 
all these classes had unique sprites for holding the, these types of weapons and attacking with them. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, so you got like mages. I think they call them skulls in this game. And then you can get um, wizards. There's uh, monks and warriors and, and thieves and all that normal stuff you would kind of expect. Um, yeah, and I, th I think as well, each one has like four or up to four levels as well. Yeah, so they can kind so of... Almost like in yeah, almost like in Final Fantasy 1, where you know, you've know you got your, your black mage and he becomes a black wizard later on in the game. You've kind of... some A lot of these have four levels. So I think there's like a total of 120 different classes. Wow, I didn't know there was that many. Uh, I didn't really do, do the evolution of the units at all, which I probably should have, but... I saw. I noticed. I noticed them as I came back to you know replace people. Yeah. <laughs> Later on in the game, uh, you know, because I I I like to have uh, human characters that I could throw, because monsters can't throw. Um, but you can't throw far. monsters. You can't throw monsters, but monsters can't throw. So yeah, so I I I'd occasionally come back and just try out a different one. I noticed there were just different classes just appearing in lines behind them. Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah, then later on when I was preparing for this review, I forgot to write it down, but. I remember it being like a ridiculously large amount of different classes that you can pick from, uh, which includes all the different types of monsters. Other classes on the field, like yeah, as, as enemies. And I'd be like, I didn't know that was a thing. So <laughs> <laughs> there's also this system where when you hire these units, basically to be your, to be in your party, vassal, uh, they start out from, you use your mana to determine how powerful that unit is going to be from the get-go. So there's like different r rankings. It's like uh, incompetent and it goes all the way up to proficient or something like that. Something like that. That's there when you reincarnate as well, by the way. <laughs> right. So you end up having to spend a, a lot of mana if you want to hire more units. And it, then that goes back into the grind and the re-rolling. And it's, it's just, a, it's a whole thing. And one, another interesting system with this that, I ended up taking advantage of quite a bit. So when you hire these units, you have to spend, you have to choose a unit you already have to hire them. Uh, and then that makes that new unit, that existing units pupil. And so they receive stat bon uh, bonuses from like kind of wor working together in tandem in battle. But the cool thing is you can end up teaching abilities and spells to the existing unit from the new unit or maybe it's the other way around i can't remember but like so you can get a yeah. healer learning uh offensive spells for example or a, a fire mage learning you know ice spells stuff like that yeah this this boggled my brain it took me ages to get used to it because i was just like i need magic i need healing magic i've got nothing to heal myself with because for some reason my my brain had just blocked out items yeah. <laughs> so same as yours had, and well, so it also works in reverse, this, I think from the how you would expect to, where the new unit teaches yeah. old one stuff. Yeah, because the new unit's called the pupil, mm -hmm. but it, the new unit actually has to teach your current unit. So I was in a position where I was trying to create a mage class to heal, to then teach Flon the healing spell, and then by the time I got to the point where Flon finally learned it, I was just like, "This is useless." <laughs> <laughs> this because she hasn't leveled up the magic so well the bird, so even my character my, my mage was doing like 25 hp which was just not even worth it when with cure and then i used it with flon and she did like five and i'm like 
What's yeah. going on? I just I can I can handle this. I was like, I no, I'm giving up teaching flying like all the the core um, spells, and I ended up using her more as a, a black mage than a healer for usually in the game. Which and she did quite a bit of damage that way. The yeah, no, I just is, abandoned all hope with this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the only complication is that kind of sucks. Is normally as you use spells in battle, they slowly level up. So fire will eventually unlock mega fire or the AOE range will increase or whatever. But the thing is, um, you don't learn the next level of spell if it's one that you got from a pupil. So say you teach flying fire, she's not gonna that's not gonna be able to level up into mega fire. So that kind of sucked. But uh oh, wow. yeah. I think that's true anyway. I seem to remember that. But it's still worth doing it, especially if you want to have a lot of options as far as what abilities you have. Um I've, I've highlighted your next section. Okay, we haven't really <laughs> touched on this yet, but well, we kind of have. Did, did you have like certain classes that you liked more than others, or was did it just matter? Because I think we both ended up just focusing on the <laughs> yes. The my favorite characters. class was Lahal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Overlord of the Underworld, <laughs> because he was um, yeah he was just deaf. <laughs> it's kind of odd that they made him so op but at the same time it's like thank god (laughs) but at the same time time, i don't he wasn't op like because i read i think it was around chapter six chapter seven i was just struggling so much like i had to grind a bit to get past chapter one and i kind of just eased my way through the game at that point but yeah once i got to six seven it was just like i can't i can't do anything i can't get any further and that's when i started doing the transmogrification stuff and it was just like yeah, so he wasn't OP until I used one of the systems to make him OP. But yeah, but by that point it was just like, and also at some point I found this. Um, uh, I, I was reading, I was reading about this. There were like random in your hub world. Let's let's talk, let's talk about the hub world. We haven't spoken about it. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about Sky. So the Sky is kind of made unique by its focus on level grinding and stats for equipment. Uh, with its level cap at 9,999 in, in the current game, Sky 6. Uh, and it allows you to reach that kind of multiple times. Um, you also have this like weird hub world, which is Lahal's castle. Uh, so, you know, this is where you wake up. This is where you go around. There's things that you can do. There's not much you can do, really. <laughs> there's a woman who stands until at... Until I realized how limited it really was. Yeah, because there's just, there's a woman who stands by this like weird gate which is how you access the actual levels that you need to go to and do stuff. Uh, there's a hospital where you can cure your characters. Again, the hospital has its own mechanic. The more you heal people, the more bonuses you get from the hospital, and then the hospital will give you really OP items. Let's say some of them are quite good. <laughs> um, there's, there's a weird monster who gives you hints. It's <laughs> just standing there. Um, there's the, again, the entrance to the item world. And then there's like a tutorial person at the bottom and the dark assembly person. And then there's the shop. There's like an item shop and a weapon and armor shop. The tutorial person and was all- my least favorite character in the game because she says something along the lines of, don't worry, you can beat the game without understanding all the mechanics. And I was like, this is not true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't understand the item world. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> or, or classes or or sharing magic um but yeah oh it's just it's just crazy but yeah that's kind of that's that's your hub world going on there um also in his diary room it's like a secret room where you can learn more about her backstory hmm. um and 
I forgot what my point was before I started getting in there. Well, <laughs> I just thought, I thought, I thought, well, we haven't talked about hub world. No. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, so you've played, you've played Final Fantasy Tactics, right? Yeah. Do you prefer the approach that that game has where you, there are random battles or do you like it more where you have to like sort of exploit repeating battles or going into the item world? <laughs> that is a tough question because one of the things I hated most about Final Fantasy Tactics was the random battles. I remember thinking, I remember thinking while playing Final Fantasy Tactics, like this sucks, like having to just randomly walk around and hope you enter a battle when you get to the next square rather than being like can't i just replay the some of the battles i've done <laughs> whereas the sky gave it to me on the plate here's the battles you just done. you can repeat these it's just like oh this is so boring <laughs> yeah it, i think i, I was wrong sorry battles. tactics i was wrong <laughs> yeah I, I do think i prefer the random battles just because it does make the game feel more robust and less like busy work i guess to me but uh i, I guess it, that could be come down to personal preference Hmm. but let's talk about my favorite subject okay let's talk about throwing all right what, what have we so, said about it already yeah so we've mentioned about the fact that you can throw um you, you can throw your your own team you can throw enemies you can throw them into the base panel to recruit them or they will destroy the base panel if they're too strong uh you can throw other enemies at other enemies and they stack and grow so as i said with the class system you know, there are, there, you know, you've got different various versions of mages. You've also got various evolutions of monsters. So if I took three, um, let's say, fairy monsters and threw them on top of each other, they then change into the next version and they all get stat level, level ups. So essentially, you can take an entire field of an enemy and throw them on top of one another. And they will gradually almost become like a boss character of themselves. And that was one of the tactics that I used on uh, the level we mentioned earlier, where there's all in, in, um, invincibility squares. Because there, there. there is actually one square where you can stand and attack from. Uh, no, there's one square, no, there's one square, there's where, one square they're, where, yeah, they're vulnerable. where they're vulnerable. So the idea was, was that you'd stack them all up. And also, when, yeah, when you get them stacked up, you'll get a lot more XP from the one like mega enemy compared to the five little enemies yeah so you would experience if a lower level character defeats a higher level character as well yes you just got to be careful because if you uh you know stack them too much then you're the character you're trying to level might be doing zero damage so yeah i remember that happened to you didn't it (laughs) so yeah so yeah on that particular map i would stack three or four and not not do all of them but just do like maybe three of them right get them onto the square where they would take damage and then I would be standing on an invincibility square, which actually has them backed into a corner. They can't move past you right. to get out. So they can't get out of the way. They're stuck. You can hit them and they can't do any damage to you. And it was just like, this is this is a glorious way of leveling up. It worked quite well. <laughs> yeah, that was the one I did. I think I've probably done that map about 30 times in the course of this game. Probably similar for me, if not more. Uh, yeah, I wish I hadn't deleted it. I needed the space. <laughs> Yeah, I could I look. There's a, a couple more stages that people really recommend for grinding, and I don't think that this one's the optimal way. But for me, it was just like the most straightforward. Um, also, you can throw printies. See, I didn't. And I you know, used, I barely used printies beyond like the first couple stages. So tell me about it. So when you throw a printy, it explodes. So it's almost like it's basically like throwing a little mini nuke. Does the game tell um, you that, or did you just figure that out on your own? 
I did it by accident. I the only time I did it was when um, who was who was Gordon's uh, mate? Oh, um, no, the 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 guy who turns into a Brinny. Oh, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name either. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'll, Zach or something. I'll, I'll Google it while you keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, uh, oh, that's gonna bug me. Uh, yeah, so he he's like a character. He's like a bit of an antagonist for Gordon and then he dies and then he comes back as a Prinny and helps your team. Curtis is it. And I picked him up and I threw him and he hit an enemy and he did a, probably about close to 10,000 damage when he exploded. Wow. And I was just like, whoa, where is he? <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I've killed him. <laughs> so it's like a self-destruct almost. Yeah, it is a self-destruct mode. You pick him up, you throw it, and they self-destruct. Like, I hadn't leveled him up or anything. It was just like, oh, I've got an extra I've got an extra pretty. So I brought him onto the field, accidentally threw him at something, and he exploded. I was like, if I'd known that. Whoa, I've been, I've been missing this tactic. No wonder why everyone bloody loves printies. Yeah, if I'd known <laughs> that, I would have been sucking Curtis right into the seraph. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have done. But yeah, I was just like, yeah, I, did, I didn't know it was a thing until very, very late in the game. But I was just like, Ah, you can throw prinnies and they explode. That explains why people bloody love prinnies. Because yeah, that's that's it. That's it. I was like, I was struggling. Like I was because one of the first things I did at the game was try and level up my little mini army of prinnies that are vassal to Etna. And it was impossible. They were just so weak. I was just like, you're not meant to. You just meant to throw them. Yeah, I I literally (laughs) never used one again after the first chapter. Yeah, because then then you also feel a bit more like. Lahal, you know, just like you don't care about leveling them up, you just <laughs> launch them and throw them and let them explode. Right. So, are there any other uh, major mechanics we haven't talked about, or should we get into like the specifics of uh, you know the levels and bosses and stuff? Um, well, yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about let's talk about those things. I mean, but I don't think we really need to talk about bosses too much. Yeah, there's it's like one at the end of each chapter usually. Um, Ned boss a few times. You know, you got to fight Hog Miser. Madaris, uh, what's yeah, that's what I mean. I, Volcanus, uh, <laughs> fiery anus. Um, yeah, I just don't think any of them were really worth like, I don't know, it, but there wasn't much to do like individually with them. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, like, here's a great big ice boss, so I have to use all these fire tactics against it. It was just like, no, I just said to beat it to death with the hole. And if you're not careful <laughs> and if you're not leveled up high enough, though, these bosses can really just wreck your shit. Just like one, take one character out after the other, if not multiple at a time. Um, so again, it comes down to, are you prepared? And Are you prepared? I wish I had sort <laughs> no. of gone through a, a, a list of all these levels and at least looked at you know, you know some of the maps <clears> and get my memory jogged. But some of them are easier than others. And uh, there's a few of them that are just whole ass pains <laughs> yeah see the, the ones that are memorable were the ones that i did too much because they were good grinding spots but then by that point i got sick of those levels because i had to grind too much on i do remember one level that reminded me of i think it was i think it was like in a swamp or something where the way the geo panels were set up made your you had to get your characters at least one or two of them all the way through like this winding path i remember that the the enemy units can actually hit you from beyond the path if you're not because they're standing they're standing on a safe zone above which you can't get to yep yeah i remember that and then you had to go destroy the the geo symbol and then you could finally you know go on the offensive but uh that level was i hated it <laughs> i guess 
they don't really stand out unless they really you you get stumped on them like you can't beat it because then you're you just spend too much time please don't make me grind anymore <laughs> and then yeah i'm i remember the level i remember the level with um where you had to fight like a hundred bad guys who are all wanting to become overlord so you oh, give out the um you give out the decree saying look anyone who wants to try and take it from me come here and then you basically there's that you're on like a crevice aren't you and there's like one tile to pass over to where all the enemies are so you kind of had to stand on that tile and hit things and try to hit as much and kill as much as possible in one shot. I remember that one. That was quite fun. There's another level. It might even be the same one, but where your um, your vassals, your minions that you can talk to in the castle show up to help you. Um, and they're like just OP. Their levels are super, super high compared to yours unless, you know, you're, a, you're an amazing grinder. But <laughs> that was a fun one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, none, oh, that remember. was that was it. I just remembered why I started talking about the base, the the home thing, uh, the home hub. So, I randomly spoke to this like floating spear about I think around chapter six. He was just floating in the corner, uh, on like the um uh, the on the opposite corner of where Etna's diary room is, and I spoke to him, and he was just like, "Hmm, I'm pleased." And then he joined he joined my items, what? and it was um yeah, I was just like. Okay. And then I just I just suddenly had this spear and it was really overpowered. I think it was like King Kocheski's spear or something. Oh yeah, okay. I thought you meant he joined your party. <laughs> no, I did join no, it didn't join party. It was just it was an item, but I gave it to Etna and it turned her quite beastly for a long time. Um but yeah, I remember reading like apparently there are just random it says like, you know, make sure you talk to everything in the hub world between levels because Sometimes there's something amazing that just turns up. Yeah, always. <laughs> it's complete R, complete RNG, and it's just like I didn't. I used to skip them all, but I remember just spotting him, being like, "I don't remember him." Yeah. So I thought it was a story thing. The talk to him was like, mm, "Yes, I'm pleased." And then it was just like, "Oh, okay, I've got this spear for Etna, and it does like twenty thousand damage." Yeah, yeah. It's like, not twenty thousand damage, but it was just like, "Oh my god, this is well overpowered." <laughs> right. Um, um, yeah. So I just suddenly remembered that. Yeah. Nope. No worries. So. You, you got some notes about extra characters here? Uh, or... Yeah, so, because uh, I don't know who these characters are, but in the um, subsequent versions on from the PS2 version, so Disgaea 1 Complete, let's just use that as our base, um, there's lots of extra characters that you can recruit as you go through. Uh, not through the main story, but you can recruit them outside of the main story. And they're all from other games made by um, NIS. Interesting. I didn't but they're all, they're all, they're all, no, there's literally probably like 20 or 30 of them. Wow. Uh, and I don't know how you recruit them. I didn't find any of them, <laughs> but they're oh, all yeah. in there somewhere. So I tried to allude to this earlier, but there's lots of extra content in the game. Um, there's also a new game plus uh, where you carry over all your, your stats and stuff, of course. Um, and then there's a new game plus Etna mode as right. well where you can play through um so lahal doesn't basically doesn't wake up and Etna accidentally kills him in his sleep and then you play through almost i think it's like three or four chapters as etna instead really? becoming well, the I, overlord I about it but I, I thought it was just like you played through the game again as etna like a hard mode no yeah it, it is like a hard mode but i think you only do like i think it's like a, a smaller version of the game interesting but if i wasn't so done with the game at that point i would i would have been interested <laughs> in at least trying that out i think i did i did like the first two levels and was like oh you know i'm just not here yeah. <laughs> this is, this is just not for me as she was or did, do you start over from level one again uh, I, I, I it was like it was like a 
transmogrification thing. Ah. I was able to sort of give her a few extra stat boosts, but that was it. Gotcha. Was there any moves that you particularly liked from the um, characters? I mean, I, I guess one thing I did like is that the spells remained useful for pretty much the entirety of the game. Uh, with the AOE Never stuff. used them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the, the named characters, especially Laharl and Aetna, get these fancy special super moves that do a, a ton of damage. Uh, but I, I guess I wouldn't say there was any that I preferred. I do remember Etna had one where she launched into space and did like a satellite beam or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I, I've um, one of the things I did to speed up my life was uh, I turned off the animations. Yeah. And so one of the things I've also been very surprised about when I've watched videos on grinding and stuff is how how detailed the attack animations are. Because I'll choose everything and Lahar will just go, <laughs> and then that'll be it. You can also press a button so to like, skip the attack animations, which was a, a nice feature, especially when grinding. Oh, I don't think I had that on my version. Oh, really? I think oh, I remember seeing the yeah. first couple, and then I remember version. seeing, yeah, I remember seeing um, on one of the grinding guides, which was just like, make sure you come in here and turn this off while you're grinding. There's also like <laughs> a speed option in the config where like mm. you can skip character movements from spot A to spot B. Um, you can make the attacks and just speed of it. Like it's almost like a times three speed if you crank it all the way up. Um, so that's a, a nice little feature. But yeah, I think wing winged slayer is probably the move I use most. Uh, cause that was the one that had like a, a three by three grid directly in front of the hull. So that, yeah, that was the move I used the most. That was pretty basically for me. Yeah. The hull has a lot of really good ones. Mm. But again, also depending about- on what weapon. I was going to say, just quickly, because depending on which weapon you've got equipped meant you would be able to do different attacks and different yeah. special moves. I so I couldn't do the wing. Time. Yeah, same here. Like I briefly put on that trident that I mentioned that I got, like uh, King Kojewski's trident, I think it was. Uh, I briefly gave that to Lahal, uh, thinking this is going to make him super good. But then I lost access to Wingslayer. It doesn't work with the spear. So I was like, nope, take that off. <laughs> Give that whole, to Etna. The whole mechanic we didn't even talk about is that uh, yeah exactly it's so has, difficult to remember yeah. <laughs> each character has weapon mastery uh stats so they can be better with different weapons and stuff oh my god when i got gordon and i was like oh he's got a gun and i used it and did like 10 damage i was like get get out of my party gordon <laughs> but yeah i was just like oh there's guns in this game as well <laughs> and that's a different type of mechanic you've got to try and learn to go with it yeah hmm. now Baal. Baal is a super boss that reoccurs in Disgaea games. I'm running a lot. Um, yes. And also there's like um I believe I don't know how I don't know how you get to him. I think he might be either buried in the cave of ordeals somewhere. Because there's even there's like three different cave of ordeals in this game as well. Um uh, there's like an alternative neverworld you can unlock. <laughs> yeah, I knew um, they existed, but again, I just didn't even pay attention to them because i just I, ma- I managed i managed to unlock a couple of them but as soon as i went into the battles in them i was just stuffed i couldn't do it um but yeah Baal is like the uh the super boss of the game and um i he's been he wasn't in the original ps2 version i think he might have been an item world boss somewhere um but he has been since added into the other games so this guy one complete hour of darkness all those sort of things um but yeah i just thought i'd mention that there is this like he's he's a fan favorite Baal. Really? That's interesting. Actually, yeah. Wasn't the main villain Actually, of Grandia one named General Ball? General Ball, yeah, he was. 
I wonder if I don't, don't think it's any connection. <laughs> I wonder if that, I wonder if that means something in Japanese. Let's be like some kind of like deity or something in some kind of culture. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, I don't think any of us were going to have the patience to get to General Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I wonder. Have we covered everything? I think so. We've gone over the item world, geo panels, classes, throwing. Team attacks, bonus gauges, different characters, so what different do you think weapons, about the, rerolling. The gameplay overall, then. Cool. It was too much. Um, you could have split this game into three different games using different gameplay aspects, mm-hmm. and they'd have all been fine. You know, knowing that that's the way to do it. Like, if there was a game where I could play and then reincarnate my characters to make them stronger, fair enough. If there's a game where I can go into an item world. And get get exp boosts that way. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, what other ways are there? <laughs> stuff. Um, they're the classes. If there's a way of getting classes and doing that, like Final Fantasy Tactics, fair enough. Oh, but having it all in one game, it was these- for me too much. So I just had to basically just be like, okay, I cannot. Yeah. do all of them i can only experience certain parts of this game which i get is why other people love it because then they can come back because i know for like yourself and bc you use the item world to get the statistician boost where i just couldn't wrap my head around it like people kept telling me how to do it on the discord i couldn't get it people kept telling me how to do the learning thing the magic on the discord as well and just couldn't get it it just wasn't, was, was not happening I could read a few paragraphs about it or have somebody tell me how to do it or watch a video on it. And then my reaction to that would be like, okay, now explain it to me like I'm five. And then, <laughs> and then after that, it'd be like, okay, now pretend I'm three. <laughs> yeah. Like now that I finished the game, I feel like I get it, but I just don't have any drive to go back and go through it mm-hmm. at all. It's just not there for me. Uh, I think that also comes with the fact that there's so many, like us as podcasters of RPG computer games, we've got so much more stuff to get on with <laughs> than Sky. We're in the wrong but, genre for the amount of time that we have as in our personal lives. So. Yeah. But the one thing I will say is that every part of it was done well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When you speak to people like Disa and Colleen and Generic Fighter and they're talking about these things, they're just like, yeah, this is how I do it. This is what I do. And they're really into it. And it's like, this is, yeah, this is my thing. And it's just like, yeah, so pe- people love it and people love the individual systems. And I will say that they're not buggy. They're done correctly. <laughs> and the game is designed designed to be like, this is the story. You'll get through this at about level 80. Come back and do loads of other stuff later, like the Cave War deals. And we'll, we will present to you a serious challenge where you will need to be, you know, you know, like Final Fantasy VII's weapons is the closest thing I can think of where you can beat Sephiroth at level 40 if you if you plow through the game, but you're going to have to get to a much higher grinding point to beat the weapons. Yeah. That's in this game, but to a real extent. When you beat the <laughs> so, game in Disgaea, it's, you're just scratching the surface, <laughs> I would say. So um, hmm. I, for me, yeah, the mechanics... The complicated mechanics were a big annoyance, um, but even bigger to me was just like the amount of grinding. Uh, it just felt like the the difficulty curve was almost insurmountable for me at times, and that's partially due to the way I was trying to play the game. I should have just adopted yours and Decent strategy earlier of you know be the one man killing machine, uh, one man army killer. <laughs> 
Um, but just like how much time I spent grinding, it's like, I, like there was a couple times I felt like, am I even going to be able to finish this? Cause it's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so again, this may sound stupid to me. The game felt un- unfair and unbalanced and it, that's just how it is, but it, that it's hard to judge too much for mm-hmm. that because like you said earlier, a lot of people would say it's unbalanced in your, your favor. So <laughs> because it gives you the tools to do it. It's just, do you want to do it? No, <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't bloody want to do it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can see, I, yeah, like you say, I can definitely see both ends of it. I, they didn't do anything wrong with it it was all done very very nicely but i just don't think it's for me yeah i will not be playing another disc unless again unless i'm forced to for some reason so yeah i feel like i'm going to be at some point i think there might be another two on the list oh no <laughs> well I'll and, I'm, and, I, and i'm going to vote for that pretty collection for the rpg club oh, no. <laughs> i'll just take the strikes. i'm not <laughs> um yeah so, so do we, we rate, rate it? it yeah okay yeah i want to rate it Uh, yes so let's do this scott let's go and rate it shall we what are our categories today our categories today (laughs) we have story combat non-combat visuals audio overall fill and our bonus category which doesn't count to the overall score the final boss (laughs) so i hope you're good at working these out on the fly because i'm not (laughs) so story uh, I think for me, the story was one of the better parts of the game up until chapter seven. I think it was when Gordon turned up um, and then it took a bit of a sideswipe. I, I I can only really give this a seven, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um... I, I, I loved, like I said, I loved up to the middle section uh, where you get the whole thing with the Hull's mother being a prinny. Really, really thought that was good storytelling. After that, it kind of just felt like I had to go on this weird ride with Gordon until the final chapter where it came back to flaunt. It's just like, right. yeah, why? Uh, I'm floating between a six and a seven myself. Um, on the one hand, like for me personally, I would probably give it a six just because there, like you said, there are enjoyable parts, but there's also a lot more that are not enjoyable um, for me. On the other hand, it's like, well, it's the story they were trying to tell, you know, with this bad weird dialogue and and humor that doesn't land you know 75 80 percent of the time with me um but but yeah it it was fine i just can't be too generous here yeah same so combat 
I feel really bad. I'm going to give it a four. A four? Okay. Why? Yeah, I like I said, it's not badly done. It's just not for me. Well, you don't okay. like strategy now you, RPGs. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was literally about to say that. I'm not a fan of strategy RPGs to begin with. So this guy has already got an uphill battle. And then there was just way too much going on for my for my liking. So, and yeah, because I had to repeat so many levels, like I said, apologies to my old thoughts of Final Fantasy Tactics, how it used to help you grind. But yeah, I just, no, I didn't like it. Yeah. So... <laughs> which category would you say the my complaints about the balance should go into no that would be combat wouldn't it <laughs> i think so <laughs> okay then uh i guess i am going to give it a five because um i thought about giving it a six but i just i really really hated the, the difficulty curve and having being forced to grind so much that's not fun for me i imagine it it's not fun for a lot of people Again, there is the battle system itself is really creative, fun, and, and inventive, but they ruined it for me with all the, the the side shit it forced me to do hours and hours of grinding. Same here. I don't mind grinding at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> like like if, if it's required to do extra side content or a super boss, that's fine. But requiring that amount of grinding mid-game was just too much for me. Mm-hmm. Far too much. And it ended up and making then, the game kind of feel shallow too just because mm. of the, the way the levels are structured as far as you know then you do battle six one then six two then six three mm. and it's like but you actually can't continue because it's too hard i don't know but to balance out my score for non-combat i am going to be giving it a nine. Ooh, okay <laughs> i thought i love the dark assembly features i love the I, I liked, you know, I thought the hospital, although it was just a small, simple thing, I liked getting bonuses for healing my characters. Um, uh, I liked the hub world. I liked the way the game was designed. I liked the menu system. I thought all that stuff was really well done. And like I said, although I didn't get into the item world much, which uh, item world is a dodgy one because I consider that combat. <laughs> but it's kind of... Yeah, all like I said, all the mechanics in this game were really well thought out and really well done. I just didn't enjoy the combat. So I'm going to have to rate non-combat mechanics highly. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's the only way I can explain it. Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, echo, just echo a lot of the things that you said. They're the underlying mechanics of everything and the, other, the features and all that, it, it's well done. It's well thought out, well put together. There's a lot to wrap your head around, which uh, makes it difficult. But the, the, the all the underlying systems in this game are, are really cool, I thought. And it really, I think it does stand out amongst strategy RPGs as far as how everything works together. And uh, when it comes to visuals as well, I'm going to give it an eight. I would have given it a nine, but it's just a bit too anime for me. <laughs> Not like anime. <laughs> Um, I don't really like a lot of the character designs again, just like the overt sexuality and felt weird and what is supposed to also feels like a kid's game a lot of the time. Mm. Um, I I do really (laughs) enjoy the sprite work. Like I'm a, I'm a sucker for pixel art and like we were saying last week, it looks really good and there's, you know, every character has different attack animations and different weapon animations, um, the actual battlefields, I guess there's nothing really 
to write home about there, but it looks fine enough as far as the, the 3D graphics or whatever. Uh, I will agree with you and give it an A, especially considering this is a PS2 game or was a PS2 game. Yeah, no, unfortunately, you, you, the only thing that's going to get a 10 is pretty much like Metal Gear Solid <laughs> and well, yeah, Metal Gear Solid 3 and probably Final Fantasy 10. Well, <laughs> um, have you, oh, yeah, have you gone back and looked at any of the comparisons of like what the graphics looked like on the PS2 version? Because I was like, wow, it, it, this does look a lot better now. <laughs> the improvement. <laughs> oh, um, no, not too much. I mean, I played the PSP version, so I think it was pretty true to the PS2 version, the way it looked. Uh, but yeah, I've seen I've seen the way they polished it up on um, uh, this guy complete, and yeah, it, it looked nice. Just kind of that again, modern remake feel. That's kind of what it, it feels. It literally feels like a modern remake feel, where they just take all like the sharp edges off of stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it does look good. Uh, audio. Now, I think I'll let you go first for audio because I feel like we're going to have quite a different opinion. Okay. Um, there are some good musical tracks. Um, and there's like one that. Uh, plays a lot during like the the Etna segments at the end of the chapter. Uh, and then there are some good music, but most of it's forgettable for me. As far as the voice acting goes, I thought that Laharl and Etna themselves were pretty good, but for all the other characters, it was pretty hit and miss. Um, there were some characters that I just hated their voice voices and their, the voice acting. Gordon. Bad. Yeah. Gordon sucked. Um, he loves you, Gordon. Felt like flying was questionable a lot of the times. Uh, and then I don't know, even Jennifer and like a lot of the other characters just felt like they were reading the lines sometimes. But, uh, so I think I'm going to give it a six. Six. Uh, yeah, I'm going nine, uh, voice acting, uh, you know, on par with a cheesy, cheesy anime. So they, they achieved what they were setting out for. And the music, I really enjoy the music. I've mentioned it quite a few times. It's kind of got this sort of like weird Russian vibe to it that it I really like and dig. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like they achieved a really good identity with this game with the music in the same way that Final Fantasy does or Secret of Mana. Like I've been listening to the Secret of Mana soundtrack loads and remixes loads because I've just got really into how they've built this lovely world around that music and this guy did the same thing. Like they went for a complete different thing from what I've seen in any other game. Like I said, almost like kind of like Russian-y sort of almost like Mongolian sort of style. And yeah, I feel like it was really, really good. I loved it. I loved the music. And I thought the voice acting again, like they they set out what they achieved. Like, yeah, Flom sounds terrible, but it's because she's meant to be a really annoying prissy angel. So she she achieved it. Yeah, and I will say, usually before I do these reviews, I try to go back and listen to the whole soundtrack of a game, and I didn't get around to that this time. So it mm. may be that my feeling would change later, but this is the score. So <laughs> Yeah, I sometimes feel bad for voice actors because like, let's face it, Tamar from World of Final Fantasy was like one of the most annoying voices ever, but that but that has got to be the greatest voice acting of all time. <laughs> Whoever yeah. stood in a booth and did that for hours on end. Yeah, I don't know how you, you, my friend, are a, are a legend. <laughs> so that brings us to overall feel. Uh, oh, four. <laughs> is, that, is that just how you feel okay. overall? I'm going straight in there, yeah. Um, the game was all gameplay, and I gave gameplay a four, so. <laughs> okay. I just didn't enjoy having to grind so much in such a short period of time. I'll be only slightly more generous and give it a five. Um, 
just because I really didn't like the game. It's hard for me because I know that the, a lot of people do really love this game and this series. And so I, I recognize that this is not a bad game per se, but for me, I, I didn't enjoy it. Um, yeah. I, I Again, I can see why people like this game as well. And I think had I been a bit younger, I would probably be more into it. Yeah. And like more into going back to it and grinding and trying to do all those little finicky things and trying to get to level 100 on an item world that I really wanted and fighting Baal and all that sort of stuff. But no, I'm just not feeling it these days. <laughs> So final for generic fighter and all the people that do love this game, but uh... <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but you know, they they can love it. I can see why they love it. And again, like, I'm 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 the worst person to review a real time strategy game anyway. So <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and then the uh, final boss, I have to say, actually, the Seraph fight was probably one of the more enjoyable fights in the game. I agree. Like, it, it really came down to the wire for me, and I even as OP as my characters were at that point. Uh, yeah, it was by no it was by no means an easy fight, but I, I actually really enjoyed that battle. So I'd give it uh, I think I'd give that a six out of ten. Okay. Um hmm. I will give it a seven just because it was a cool fight. It, there was some challenge to it. Um it did come to the, down to the wire there is a little bit, a bit of a like a random factor to how that battle and, and most battles really play out because i tried to follow like a strategy that I, I looked up and the seraph did like a totally opposite thing is what he did in this other person's video or whatever um but it was a cool final boss so do you want to cool. read off your scores yep so for story i gave it a seven combat a four non-combat a nine visuals an eight audio a nine and overall feel a four final boss bonus bonus category Gave it a six. So overall, I gave it a 41 out of 60, which is a score of 68%. Honestly, a little bit higher than I thought. <laughs> if you had to just give it a score uh, overall. I'd give, it a, I'd give it a 57. Oh, okay. Percent. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, for me, I gave story a six, combat a five, non-combat an eight, visuals an eight, audio a six, overall feel a five, final boss a seven, which brings my subtotal to a 38 out of 60 or 63%. And so that brings the overall score for the RPG After Years for Disgaea 1 to a 65%. That's pretty ignorant, dude! <laughs> uh, that is. I like the fact we're actually quite close, 68 and 63. Yeah, well, neither one of us likes the game, so... <laughs> <laughs> we can finally say it this guy sucks <laughs> uh, no it's not that bad uh right okay hey guys what's up it's scott once again coming to you from here in post just wanted to give you some stats about this score so again we gave this guy one a 66 overall which actually ties it with world of final fantasy for our 47th place ranked game or our 29th placed game if you just want to count the rpgs and so that puts it right below Saga Frontier and Super Mario Galaxy 2, and right above Final Fantasy Legend at 63. And Saga Frontier was uh, 67, by the way. So as far as the RPG scale goes, this is a scale that we use to rank how much of a game an RPG is. Disgaea 1 scored a 305, which means the only two games that we have reviewed that are more of an RPG than Disgaea 1 are Fire Emblem Three Houses at 320 and Final Fantasy V at 310. 
And that puts, let's see, Grandia 2, Wild Arms, Grandia 1, uh, right below it at 300. So, yeah, this doesn't get much more RPG than this. That's it. Uh, back to the show. Now, listen to feedback. Listen to the silence. <laughs> I think we forgot to do it, didn't we? <laughs> I didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I've completely forgot. Uh, so, yeah, apologies for not having any listener feedback on this one. Um, I think also where we had like a break in between the review, it was kind of, yeah, just completely forgot. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, let's let's wrap this up, shall we? So yeah, we conquered heaven, we conquered hell, technically we conquered earth as well, sort of, so, and the review's done, thank God. <laughs> uh, generic Fighter, thank you for hasting that game, sorry, we didn't get the score you were probably <laughs> looking for, so. Yeah, we, we we completely understand if we now lose you as a patron. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't lose us. Uh, we love you, we just didn't like the game. As far as next week, Bill will be gone, it'll be me and Rich again, uh, It'll probably be another news episode, if I had to guess, but eventually we're going to start the secret Amana review, probably the week after that. And I know in the weeks to come, Bill and I have a couple other reviews we probably need to do. But yeah, yeah I'm going to be trying to squeeze in a review for um, <clears throat> Final Fantasy Adventure too. I'm going to see if I can uh, drag Frost out for that one. We got Live Alive uh, that we're both almost done with. And then there's also, I'm about to finish FF2. So got some stuff Ooh. in the pipe. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to review that. I love FF2. Uh, so as, again, another reminder for the RPG Club, there's no game ongoing as of t- this recording, but nominations start Sunday, uh, September 12th. So oh, get in on the Patreon if you're not already, if you want to participate in the nominations on that. I'm really looking forward to seeing what wins this time. As far as our plugs, we would really appreciate it if you guys could go on whatever podcatcher app you use. If there is a review system, give us a rate and review, especially Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show grow, and we love reading those out on the show as well. Much appreciated. Then there's the Patreon, which is an even better way to support us. You can give us money, and in exchange, we give you early episode access, ad-free episodes. You can get access to the Aftercast. Rich and I just recorded, uh, released one last week about... Final Fantasy What If. So it was great as well. <laughs> I really like that episode. We're going to do more of those. Um, there's also extra reviews. Corey and I are going to get back to recording some of those soon. And again, nominations and voting for the RPG Club. You get to participate in that. 
And there's lots more benefits. You can find all that over at patreon.com slash RPG after years. Also, we're streaming on Twitch. We're currently streaming now, although it's Friday. Uh, But normally we stream every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. If it's me and Scott doing a review or something, we're going to do it uh, on Friday at 10 (laughs) o'clock. Yep. Yeah, just look out for that. Uh, We also have a merch store on Redbubble. Shirts, mugs, services, shower curtains. That's at redbubble.com slash people slash RPG after years slash explore. I'm going to be adding a hat soon as as well now that Redbubble does that. Uh, Corey said I have to get rid of a hat if I buy another hat, though, so kind of sad about that. Oh, one in, one out. No way. <laughs> I think you go, you go with Chuck Corey out now. There we go. I like your... <laughs> if you can drag him out, if you can get him out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually working right now. So. What? Loser. Get back to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, you can also email us at rpgafteryears at gmail.com. Uh, you know, if you go planning on giving us a one-star review, maybe just email us first and we can talk it out. You know, uh, I could pay you off. <laughs> Business inquiries, suggestions for the show, just whatever. We Anything also have a want, Discord. Yeah. Uh, and you can find the link to that in the show notes or our pinned tweet on Twitter. We have a, a good time over there. What have we been talking about yeah. in there lately? I'm trying to remember. Oh, uh, uh, well, for me, Secret of Mana <laughs> and, um, and uh, Final Fantasy Legend. Um, yeah, mo- most of the live live stuff is happening on Twitter at the moment. Uh, so speaking of which. Lately too, I think. Oh, yeah, Towns. But yeah, if fairness, if you do want to speak to us, twi- uh, Discord is by far the best way. Yep. So then there's the Twitter. Another way to reach out to the show, you can find it at RPG Years, or where you can find me at The Scott Spot. And you can find me at Metanica, M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. And that's going to be it for episode 79. You can join us next week for episode 80 as we you know, catch up on all the news. Sony just did a, a showcase, so there's lots of, to talk about there and some really cool announcements and trailers. But until then, I'm Scott. And I wish I was Corey sitting in the pool. <laughs> the pool boy actually <laughs> just walked up. He's here. Ooh, the sexy pool boy. And it's a different one now. But anyway, oh, uh, we will see you all <laughs> next time in hell. Bye. <laughs> Bye, dude. The beast has been slain The world has been saved Our heroes are basking in the afterlife They rest in the tavern for all to hear Their tale of victory and conquered fears Revel in the peace That reigns through the land All will know it was by our heroes' hands Here in the afterlife Here in the RPG afterlife RPG after year